Hey there, friends and foes. Good morning, Multiverse. This is Back of the Cereal Box, the pop culture podcast that celebrates the fun of the Saturdays of our youth. I am your host, the prophet of pop culture, John Pica. You can call me Johnny. And this morning, we are talking about the Don Bluth classic, Secret of Nim. And we are going to do that right after this from the Murdering Crows. It's like Coca-Cola, Levi's Strauss, Johnny Carson and Mickey Mouse. The first star was James Dean, Elvis Presley and he's still the king. Some things are only imitatable, you can't be that original. All right, guys and gals, welcome to the virtual rec room. This is Back of the Cereal Box, and we are a pop culture podcast that celebrates the fun of the Saturdays of our youth. And when I was a kid on Saturday mornings, it meant comic books, cartoons, kaiju movies, and big bowls of cereal. And we did not have iPhones or iPads at the breakfast table. So in between cartoons, comic books, and kaiju, we were reading the back of the cereal box that was our portal to pop culture that was our world that was our newspaper and that's what this show is about and we are brought to you by the murdering crows and dl memphis she performed that awesome theme song that you heard and we are brought to you by our cereal box super friends Kate Hawkins, Eli Cash, Cindy Kep, Sharice Collins, Dave Mattingly, and you too can have your name in lights if you drop a tip in our virtual tip jar at buymeacoffee.com slash cereal box pod. And who am I? I am the prophet of pop culture, John Pica, Avengers comic books and Star Wars movies and Saturday morning cartoons made me who I am today. And on this episode, we are going to be talking about secret of Nim, the secret of Nim, the 1982 Don Bluth movie, as part of our Saturday matinee movie series, the movies that you just lay a blanket out on the uh, living room floor and gather around with big pillows and bowls of popcorn and candy and cereal and watch on a rainy Saturday afternoon. And um, to help me with that is my incredible co-host all the way from winnipeg manitoba canada she is my emotional support canadian the peppermint princess the social media socialite she loves x-men ninja turtles power rangers and all things geek she's an amazing cosplayer and all-around amazing person please welcome willow skylar hello willow Welcome to the virtual rec room. We missed you last week, but yeah. you've got a report to share, but but we're going to hold on to that okay. for just a moment. Uh, up next is your wife's favorite redhead. She is an amazing artist and photographer and just unbelievable cosplayer. She is hosting a great 
post-Halloween Halloween party this weekend. She is the one, the only, the amazing Aubrey Cavett. Give it up for Aubrey. Ah, oh, the crowd goes wild. Good morning, Willow and Johnny and all the cereal boxes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, you guys, we got a lot to report. So, real quick, um, last weekend, Aubrey and I were at HalloCon in Dalton, Georgia. And if you watched the live broadcast, you know that we had quite the adventure to get there. But then um, afterwards, Aubrey got to see Johnny, like, fulfill his uncalled, like, like, like his un unknown secret calling. Mm -hmm. Because I became the auctioneer for the charity auction. They, they do a charity auction mm -hmm. for Halocon for cystic fibrosis. Oh, and wow. every year, I'm the auctioneer. And um, last year, they raised $800. I wasn't there. The previous year, we did $1,200. This year, we did over $1,500 for cystic fibrosis. So that was amazing and aubrey met all kinds of new fun people and she promoted the show and got us a bunch of new followers and listeners and nice. aubrey did you have fun at holocon i did i did I, I i enjoyed meeting all the people um at holocon i enjoyed the fact that they're one of the few conventions that has a buffet and feeds their guests which come on guys kind of epic um, all day long mm-hmm they have yep. food from morning till night. Yep. So they were Free. pretty cool. I really loved it. And they have an open bar. <laughs> for those of you who indulge <laughs> in, in, in adult beverages. And Willow, you were not able to join us at Holocon. However, was... you had your own adventure at Winnipeg <laughs> Comic Con. Yes. Uh, so <laughs> I did host my own uh, panel at uh, on the Sunday of uh, Winnipeg Comic Con. It was really fun. Like, al although we didn't have uh, too many people show up um, to watch us, that's fine. You guys will be catching it soon on uh, on YouTube and uh, Facebook as soon as I edit it all up and uh, post it. <laughs> Awesome. Awesome. Actually, Willow, if you want to send, well, I'll let you edit it. I was going to volunteer to do it, but um, you go ahead and do it. Um, so anyway, first question of the morning, Saturday morning, we got to ask what's in everybody's bowl. And this morning I've been, I'm indulging in something I've been craving for weeks. And I, I mentioned this to Aubrey. I have been craving cinnamon life. When I was a kid, this was one of my all-time favorites. And um, on the back of this cereal box, there's some Mad Libs. And if I can find a pen, we might do these ad libs uh, on the show. But it's all about Mikey's band. And for those of you who don't know, Mikey was the um, mascot, the, the kid who never liked anything. And, and you know... They they had this campaign. They're sitting around. The, the kids are like, I'm not going to eat it. I, I'm not going to try it. You try it. I'm not going to try it. You try it. Let's give it to Mikey. He doesn't like anything. So they give Mikey the big bowl of life cereal, and he digs in. 
Mm-hmm. And he takes another bite. And they're like, he likes it. Mikey likes it. And, you know, the idea is that even the pickiest, most discriminating people will like Life Cereal. And I love Life Cereal. But this morning, I'm eating Cinnamon Life. Because you guys know I love cinnamon cereals. <laughs> and Cinnamon Life, it's it's not super sweet. It's it's a wheat-based cereal. It's got just enough to satisfy that sweet tooth, but not enough to make you sick. And even as a kid, I loved this cereal. And I've been craving it for weeks. And so I'm enjoying it now. Actually, I couldn't wait until this morning. I've been eating it all week long. And... Um, <laughs> So uh, I'm actually almost out, almost oh. out. But so this is not a tasting. This is not a tasting. No, he has already no, tasted no, no. Folks, he's oh, already it, tried it because <laughs> I loved it as a kid. So uh, I, you know, I've just been craving it, and you know, out of five bowls of cereal, it's a solid five and a spoon. Willow, what do you got? Hmm. <laughs> as Willow tries to swallow her big bite of cereal that I... It is Count Chocula. This is the end of it all. Uh, so I'm trying to savor <laughs> it as much as I can, but... Um, yeah. Uh, gone for another year. Uh, sadly, I didn't uh, buy multiple boxes, but that's okay. Um, now uh, it's on to the Christmas stuff, I guess. <laughs> It's the most wonderful time of the year. I know. As much as I like to try to fight it, it ha it, it must. <laughs> November first is when it all when retail all turns into Christmas. So. Well, here's the thing. This year, it was declared on social media by the social media community that <laughs> Halloween started. September 1st. Yep. So if Halloween starts September 1st, <laughs> Christmas has to start November 1st. And you know what? You know what I call this holiday season from really from Halloween season or holiday season from Halloween through Valentine's Day. It is the great American feasting season. Oh my gosh, it is. Yeah. <laughs> and honestly, Everything. if we're going to be honest, it starts with Halloween. All that mm -hmm. candy mm -hmm. that everybody has eaten. Okay. Who's eaten a lot of candy? I know. Well, yeah. this year is the first year, I think, that I have not eaten an extreme amount of candy. And that's because um, my accident and upset tummy, you know. But usually I'm like the kid or the adult that's um, like, what you got? I'll give you what I got. You want this one? I got this one. This is. No, I've saved a bag of Skittles for me. Somebody told somebody that I had Reese's and Kinder Eggs last night, and they were gone. <laughs> they weren't even for the guests. So in my well, cereal bowl this morning. Oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. In my cereal bowl this morning is a little bit of the leftover. Charlie Brown cereal, Ooh. and apparently Ooh. something else from the trip out. <laughs> so, you remember, 
these are green and orange puffs. And remember, you know, the great pumpkin can be used any time of year in fall or spring <laughs> or summer or whatever. But like cow chocolate, it's probably a holiday season cereal. Here's the thing. I didn't want to just do the great pumpkin. So I don't know if you guys have ever heard of Larry and Lenny's. They're, Wait, um, what is this? Wait. I'm trying to show you. It, I, I opened the package from the bottom. It's Larry and Lenny's Complete Cookie. Oh, yes, yes. I'm familiar with these. Yeah. Right. Okay. So I'm going to see if it will cereal. Interesting. Because I want a little protein cookie in my cereal. So I'm going to put some chunks of it in there. And will see. it cereal? Okay. For the cereal boxers out there, I have whole chunks of Larry and Lenny's. Oh, and it's chocolate. It's not the regular cookie, it's double chocolate. Okay. Will it cereal? We've got some soy milk in here. Yeah. Cookies are always a good choice. Now, have you... It... Sorry. Go ahead, Willow. How does it taste with the great pumpkin? It's a really good balance because the great pumpkin okay. is vanilla and the cookie oh, is double okay. chocolate. So it's like a s'mores almost, but... Oh, okay. Oh, I love that. Take the protein. I'm in for it. Mm -hmm. Now, Willow, do you have what is it, Larry and Lenny's? Mm-hmm. Lenny and Lenny's. That doesn't Lenny sound familiar to us here. Um, so it is. It is you, a Winnipeg is an odd, odd place. Like some some places in Canada will have stuff that that Americans get. Well, we're. We can either be like the testing market for some stuff, but then we won't get other uh, other stuff that yeah, the rest of Canada hey, will get. I saw a great comedian on um, on on one of the socials doing his stand up about cereal in Canada <laughs> and what you don't have and what he discovered that Americans get mm. and have. And he did a whole 10 minutes on Captain Crunch and the variations of Captain Crunch in America that they don't get in Canada. Oh, no. Like, okay, I remember as a kid, we used to get the Crunch Berry stuff. And uh, then it disappeared for <laughs> decades. Um, and then out of the blue came the Crunch Berry uh, cereal bars. And it was mm -hmm. like... Tasting nostalgia. That that's that's hysterical. That's that's <laughs> fantastic. So, but Lenny and Larry's is this like the, it's called the perfect cookie, mm -hmm. and because it's high protein, low carb, vegan. Um, I don't like them. Some people love them. I'm not one of them. So, but you you like them, Aubrey? Um, it was a challenge to learn, but I don't get enough protein. And y'all, I'm one of those people. I will eat one meal a day if somebody does not pay attention to me, and I don't have anybody to eat with. Even though I love cooking, so I have to say yes. They're kind of a go-to if I see them in the store. They're one of the brands of protein snacks I'll grab because they're kind of still tasty. So, 
Thank All you, right. Lenny and Larry, for my breakfast. We do not have, you know, your money, but you could, you know, be part of our podcast. <laughs> Yay. Now, um, we got some comments, a bunch of comments already this morning. And if you are in the listening lounge, in the viewing lounge, in the virtual rec room, um, we want to know what is in your bowl mm -hmm. this morning. And we're going to go ahead and go through some uh, comments here. And we had a comment at 3.30 in the morning <laughs> before we even went live from Robots, Shark Tale, and the Secret of Nim 2 fan. And obviously, they said, I like this film. Okay. It's in your name. Thank you. Um, and, um, oh, this is funny. So... Mm -hmm. Somebody has posted comments. I guess it was you, Aubrey, that, that was, you can't hear me. Or that was or, me. That was right. me. I accidentally wrote that in the chat. That's funny. Our private. That's funny. Dave Mattingly says, "Good morning, box tops. Good morning." morning and Zentron is joining us early. Good morning, cartoon campers. I love that. Good morning, Zentron. And um, he says, annoyingly. A cell I was bidding on a short while ago, I hit my limit of 200, so I had to bow out. So yeah. what cell was it? Oh, it was a NIM cell, he says. So he was bidding on a secret of NIM cell, and it went over 200, and he had to bow out. Well, sorry for that, Zentron, but there's always the next time, right? And Tabitha, Tabby Cat says, good morning, dudes. And Dave Mattingly says i feel like we were robbed of a nim rescuers crossover film okay so we might mm -hmm. let's put a pin in that let's put a pin in that and we will come back and zentron says and dudettes <laughs> tabby cat says hello aubrey dave mattingly says this weekend i'll be at nerd Lu luvia Oh, Ner Louisville's game convention. Oh, really? We need to hear about this. Wait, wait, Dave. Is this uh, today or next weekend? You say this weekend. Is that like now weekend or next weekend? Um, and Chris Vaglio of Song Swap Showdown says Mikey likes it. He remembers. He remembers the commercial. Now, Aubrey Willow, are either one of you old enough to remember? I remember commercial. seeing those commercials. I think it was more of um, uh, someone had did uh, have had done like um, a spoof of those commercials, and then uh, and then somehow those commercials started re uh, <laughs> reappearing on our uh, on our view. Yeah, well, I'm definitely old enough, and I thought it was a hilarious commercial. Every time it came on, I was the kid that was like, Mikey likes it, Mikey likes it. Well, they they actually re-ran those commercials in the 2000s. They did. There was there was it was so culturally iconic that they were just like, Why do we need to create a new commercial? This worked the first time. And they just re-ran it. And and it it was, it was like ageless. I love it. Mikey likes it. Um, Drew Milden joins us and says, good morning. And uh, Dave Mattingly says, he likes it. Hey, Mikey. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Andrew Milden says, uh, 
Hey, Amanda or Chris or both. It's Chris. Chris Vaglio is joining us. And Dave Mattingly says, regular life cereal is pretty tasty to begin with. Yes, it is, it Dave. Is, it is. I like regular. I, I love regular life, but the cinnamon for me just takes it one notch higher. And it, it's funny because it's not this cereal that is like super sweet. It's not like, you know, uh, Frosted Flakes or, or Cinnamon Toast Crunch or Fruit Loops where it's, you know, ultra sweet. It's just a tiny bit sweet. It's, it's probably really a cereal for grownups. But golly, I loved it as a kid, too. That's probably why. I mean, that's that's why they did that cereal commercial because it was really a grown-up cereal, but they wanted oh, kids was, to. It was attached to old people, like, yeah. and then that commercial came out and it was huge for a little yeah. while. Yeah, yeah, and um, so we got some more comments here. Zentron says, mm, "Chocolate. I haven't had any chocolate for one year, eleven months, and four days." Oh no! That sounds like a personal problem to me, Zentron. There's 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 a solution to that. <laughs> there's a Hershey bar with your name on it down at the convenience store. Look, I don't eat chocolate every day. I one day a week I will have a little bit. Cuz you got you know what? Everything is in moderation, right? You got to enjoy life while you're still breathing. And yes. You you know what really bothers me, Willow? You're gonna you're gonna know who I'm talking about right now, right away. There are some people on social media who every little bit of fun that I promote or talk about, they have to crap all over it and be like, "Here in my day, we watched Rocky and Bullwinkle. None of this new crap." Yep. You probably know who I'm talking about right away. Yep. And Chris Vaglio, Song Swap Showdown, which is an amazing podcast, by the way, guys. <clears throat> he says, agreed. Christmas starts November 1st. <laughs> dun, dun, da. And Andrew Milden says, we have to talk about everything Ahsoka, Chris. No, Andrew, <laughs> you, me, and Chris need to talk about everything Ahsoka's. And Dave Mattingly says, as if Americans ever stop feasting. And he's not wrong. He's not wrong. We eat a lot. But between Halloween and Valentine's Day, I mean, it's like, it's not even encouraged. It's, um, uh, it's justified. It's, um, What's the word? Celebrated. You're like, encouraged to eat yourself into a stupor. We, we have, in my, in, in my city, in my province, we hold several festivals during the summer. And one of them is called the Folklorama, where it, because my province or my country is a melting pot of all different kinds of cultures. So it's a celebration of all these different cultures and people get to go and be entertained and eat and yeah, have fun learning about new and new cultures. And I absolutely love it. Not just because it's an entertainment hub, but it's food. I get to experience 
food. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so do, I would do, do well in your country, I think. <laughs> do you, so you well, yes. And and you you well, and we have those summer festivals too. And those are those are a different kind of beast because um yes, there is a lot of food, but it's expensive food. So you have to like pick and choose what you want. You can't just go down the buffet line like at the holidays. But it, it, it's two weeks of just joy. <laughs> now, where where Aubrey and I live in Middle Tennessee, um, there is a major major festival every single weekend somewhere in the Middle Tennessee area. Today, I'm going to the Bacon Festival in Murfreesboro. Oh, Johnny, um, since you are going to be um, popping in, yes. Um, if you could bring me some bacon, I might be hungry. If not, that's okay, too. But let me know how that festival goes. I, I will do my best. Bacon festival. I've been to Neither have festivals. I. I've been to peach festivals out here. They got a lot of festivals in Tennessee. We got farmers. Yeah. We're still a farming country uh, like place still. Even no, though no. we are now the Hollywood of the South. We still got a good bit of farms, good bit of like, fruits and vegetables. So, you know. Now, let me ask this. Is this one of those uh, uh, farming festivals where they actually rate, uh, like, have, like, the size, uh, like, these uh, these uh, contests for pigs? No, that's the state fair. Um, oh, okay. the, Wil- the Wilson County Fair, primarily, which happened, what, in September, I think? August? Yeah, yeah but um, they do those then, but they also do food things at the same time. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, and I'll I feel, probably I feel bad for the pigs, but at the same time, it's like hmm, bacon. <laughs> I, listen, the those uh, those pigs that were judged on their size um, back in August, I'll probably be eating one of them today at the bacon festival. You know, that, I'm torn about that. I'm conflicted I'm because. Sorry. Listen, I love bacon. Bacon makes everything better. I I even do bacon milkshakes. And um, have you ever had a bacon milkshake, Aubrey? Oh my! Next road trip. Oh my God! Yes, bacon, bacon donuts, bacon maple donuts. I I love bacon is good. Candied bacon. That's what I'm looking forward today. No, 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 guys, guys. Okay, to our audience, I am the neurodivergent of this group. Okay. Like high high functioning neurodivergent. My food doesn't touch most of the time. I don't know if I can do it, Johnny. Oh yeah, you could. <laughs> I need like a separated plate from my from my peas and my mashed potatoes. Bacon a uh, bacon milkshake would definitely kill me because I am it's, I, I want to say slightly lactose intolerant, but my husband oh. would say differently. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Somebody likes to partake of the dairy when they're not supposed to. <laughs> moving, moving right along. Cartoon Commotion joins us. Says, "Hiya, homies. Cookies, cookies in place of cereal is something Jiggy does every morning. I do it all the time. I love cookies in milk. That is like my favorite treat." And uh, Dave Mattingly says that serial comedian was a hoot. Yes, I wish I could remember his name and and send it to. Did I send it to you, Willow? Did I send I'm you a link to that? You did. Yeah, I thought so too. And uh, Kate Hawkins, Cartoon Commotion, says cookies in place of cereal is like 
cookie crisp, but with legit cookies. Nice. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And Dave Mattingly says, Aubrey, I'm the opposite. I eat six meals a day if I'm not paying attention. Okay, now, so we I, totally balance each other if we hang out the, at the convention. Yes. Now, I, I'm i in between you guys. I do five meals a day, 300 calories a meal. So this, this bowl of life cereal is 160 calories per cup per serving. So I've done probably two cups in this one bowl. That's that's about two servings. So I'm at my calorie limit for my breakfast. Mm. Then at around 11 o'clock, I'll do another 300 calories, like a, a an energy bar, a quest bar or something. And then, you know, at the bacon festival, I will probably break my calorie budget for the day. <laughs> but Saturday is also a cheat day. So there you go. There you go. And Zentron says bran and cornflakes. Hmm. Why did that make me sad? I know. A little bit. A little bit. All right. I so I love raisin bran. That is a great cereal. Oh, okay. You put raisins in it, though. Then it's less sad. <laughs> Chris Vaglio of Song Swap Showdown says he's ready to talk Secret of Nim. So you know what? I I do have a a, a a prize from the cereal box. I, I do. Do you? Okay. So let's uh we, we're gonna do our our new loot section brought to you by my book series, the Tales of the Deckoverse series, available on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, wherever you get books. And this is the part of the morning where we would reach into the cereal box and pull out the prize. And I didn't think I would have a prize. I did pick out something at um, the convention. Oh, I forgot to bring it up. Did you see Did you see what I bought at the convention, Aubrey? I got a complete box set of the entire series of Paddington books. What? Oh, yeah, wow. I must have for, stepped out during that moment. That's for, so cool. For 15 bucks. And uh, I, I got it for my daughter uh, to take back to college. I, I don't know if she's a Paddington fan or not, but I immediately thought of her when I saw it. And so we'll see if she uh, she digs it. But this is our segment that we call New <laughs> Loot. And Aubrey, you go ahead and go first. Okay. Okay. So I don't know how many people remember when Secret of Nim came out, but I like to kind of do my loot according to sometimes what we're doing. My loot is <gasps> one of the collector's full books of Archie's Americana series. It is oh. book two, and if you look close, I'm going to get close. Ooh, it's yes, the 80s best of the 80s because Secret of Me oh, came out cool. in 1982. I was like this big, but come on, man, look at that style. Look at that, yeah. Fashion. It so, never left us. <laughs> this is a this is a collection that I've been trying to find. Really? So, the fact that you found it is, mm. yeah, none, none of the comic, none of the comic shops in my area carry. Uh, graphic novels or trade paperbacks. So I have to go either um, up to um, 
up to the next town over or down to Huntsville to get the stuff that I want. Yeah, it's so, a beautiful color. It's 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 really worth the, the read. I read Archie when I was younger, and I, I love Archie. I, I love Archie. It's a classic story, and his story evolves. His story does evolve, guys. So, yep. like, if you're doubting, like, is it relevant? Archie has tried to stay relevant the whole time they've been doing Archie. Yeah, yeah. Just give him <clears> a chance, because uh, totally tubular. I mean, you, come on, guys. Do you remember that? Totally tubular. <laughs> well, Aubrey, little known fact, um, in America, mm -hmm. Archie is the best-selling American comic. It is the number one American-selling comic because it's still sold at um, grocery stores in the newsstand. You see the, the, the digest. Um, and it is the longest-running consecutive comic book series ever in the history of American comics. Now, now worldwide, the best-selling comic, does anyone know what it is? Spider-Man? No. no. That was a guess. Na Naruto. The manga. What? Oh, yeah. okay. I thought we said well, well, manga is different. If you said manga, well, it's 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 actually the bestseller in America too. But really? it's really it's cool. not. Yeah, the the bestselling comic property in the world is Naruto. So yeah. So Willow, you got a prize this morning to share. Yes, and I want to do a shout out to Underdog Comics. Uh, oh, cool. Oh, These I love guys that. are had a booth at Comic Con, uh, and they did a fantastic job at selling not just my, not just me, but mainly my husband, who ended up pulling me by the cape to their to their booth, um, because he saw <laughs> he saw this. Ooh, wow! One of the variants, yeah. uh, shiny, very shiny, uh, of Wonder Woman. Uh, and then I ended up buying oh, uh, oh. oh those are nice. These wow. are just fantastic. Like look at this. I love this Batgirl. Nice. And then of course there's Oh my uh, god, this is so cute. Um and <laughs> then they ended up selling my husband oh, whoa, whoa. Uh, oh. <laughs> probably not not safe oh. for oh, vampirella we got vampirella Ooh. we got uh red Son yeah, well vampirella red. and red sonia or sonja yeah, sonia red that's red sonia yeah. she yeah. is red sonia yeah but yeah yeah <laughs> so yeah we're we love our comic books and uh these guys do a fantastic job at selling variant uh, comic books. And so. Underdog comics. comics. Love they it. They sell these out of their home, but they nice. have a, they, they're, well, on, they're on Facebook, they're on uh, uh, Instagram, and they have their own website as well. So. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. All right. So I just happened to be with my son last night. He had to run back into work after dinner. He works at GameStop. And I just got to say, GameStop, their action figure game is on point. And 
I did not expect to see this, but it was already marked down. And with my son's employee discount, I could not resist, especially since we're talking about the 80s. 1982 was a huge year for comics with Secret Wars, the original Secret Wars. And I picked up the Captain Marvel and Doctor Doom Marvel Legends 2-pack. Nice. Now, this is my Captain Marvel, Monica Rambo. She became a member of the Avengers in 19... 19- oh, your mic just cut out. <laughs> How's that? Good, yeah. Okay, yeah, I hit it. Um, anyway, uh, Monica Rambo was introduced in the pages of Amazing Spider-Man by Roger Stern, and then he made her a member of the Avengers in 1982, and this is maybe possibly so pretty the most perfect comic to action figure translation i have ever seen this is absolute perfection and monica rambo is my captain marvel but more than that she is it depends on the day it's either she hulk or Monica Rambeau are my two favorite Marvel Comics characters of all time. Um, And up until now, there's only been one Monica Rambeau figure. And it came in a six-pack with Sif and She-Hulk and Elsa Bloodstone. Oh, I love Elsa Bloodstone. And Lady Sif. It was the A-Force pack that was a Toys R Us exclusive, which I have. Um, So this is the second, only the second ever. Captain Marvel Monica Rambo figure to be produced. Now there's one for the movie that is currently on shelves um, for the uh, Marvels, but also perfect translation from comic to action figure is the secret wars, Dr. Doom. And of course he, it comes with his masked face, but in the story, Dr. Doom builds this armor that absorbs the power of the beyonder and when he does he heals himself he heals his face he becomes handsome and you know anyway and in the story monica rambo is the only one who can defeat him Hmm. so it i mean it was really awesome and i after the discount the employee discount i could not walk away without this two-pack it was like meant to be because in the in in target that sold for 60 bucks this two pack sold for 60 bucks with my son's employee discount i got it for 20 dollars less right at 40 which to me is still a little bit too much but you know what sometimes (laughs) sometimes you just got to do it Sometimes mm-hmm. you just got to do it. Now, before we get to our main topic, we got just a couple more comments here. And we're going to go through these real quick. Um, so Cartoon Commotion says about the grumpy butts on social media. Oh, yeah, Johnny. I get people that say stuff like, I'm an adult. I don't watch cartoons or read comics. Well, you're you're old. He says, <laughs> what's the deal with that? When you can no longer embrace the fun and relive the fun of your childhood, you're officially old and, and you will die soon. Dun, dun, dun. You're welcome. You, you, you just tell them to uh, learn how to uh, relive their childhood through it and let, let us 
just enjoy ourselves. Don't don't yuck on other people's yum. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. In the words of Andrew Milden, and Andrew Milden, speaking of bacon, says three words: bacon wrapped sausage. All the Ooh. yes. Ooh. Okay. And Willow, the comedian in his routine that I mentioned is uh, K. Trevor Wilson. Captain Crunch is worse in Canada, is what he calls it. <laughs> and um, Dave says, Paddington for your college daughter? I didn't even realize Paddington was a major. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> and Ryan Permission says, good morning, everyone. My childhood was Nim." Bible goes west and rockadoodle. Can you dig it? So, you know what? This is a perfect transition because all three of those movies, and it wasn't uh, Five Goes West. I think was the sequel to an American Tale, um, and Nim, Secret of Nim, American Tale, and Rockadoodle were all Don Bluth properties, yes. and so that is going to lead us into our main topic this morning. Uh, brought to you by nightlyspirits.com. Hauntings don't just happen at Halloween. It's all year long. Use my promo code, JohnP667. Take 10% off your reservation anywhere in the country. And they bring us our main topic, Saturday matinee movies. The mm-hmm. movies that you curl up in a blanket on the floor in the rec room. And this morning... We're going to be talking about the 1982 Don Bluth classic, The Secret of Nim. And when when I suggested this topic to Aubrey, I think she about fell out of herself. Because Aubrey, you said this is one of your all-time favorite stories. Yep, yep. I I kind of almost, you know, jumped out of the car when we were when we were discussing this guy (laughs) because I was like, yes. Yes. Wait. Yes. <laughs> because this was not actually on my initial list of these movies. And we were just chatting. And I was like, wait, wait a minute. What about The Secret of Nim? Because I know so many people love this franchise. And it came out in 1982 during what I call the dark years of Disney. Mm-hmm. Because this... Mm-hmm. Despite what a lot of people think, this was not a Disney movie. This was produced by Don Bluth Studios. But Don Bluth had been a major animator for Disney for years. Yeah. He worked on several uh, ones that I absolutely love. He worked on uh, Sleeping Beauty. Mm -hmm. uh, And there's a reason why that movie is my favorite. Um, And then uh, he also did uh, Robin Hood. Yes. And and you can see in Secret of Nim the the models that he created are very similar to the models in Robin Hood, especially little Timmy, the youngest child, looks just like uh Robin Hood's uh protege. Um yeah, and and by the way, that version of Robin Hood is my favorite version of Robin Hood. But Something happened in the late 70s, early 80s um, at, at Disney. And, and they went into what I call the dark times. And they were producing stuff that mm, 
really wasn't hitting. I mean, there was some stuff that people remember fondly, like bed noms and broomsticks. Um, but have you watched it I'm lately? A, Angela Lansbury fan. I watch that every year almost. So Really? Because mm -hmm. I, I watched it. I remember a little bit, but I think I remember like Pete, uh, like, um, no, Pete's Dragon. What it was, Pete's Dragon, Pete's Dragon, yeah, Pete's Dragon was, and Pete's Dragon was like the last big box office hit that they had. But they they tried to make this switch to live action, so Bed Knobs and Broomsticks, uh, The Black Hole, which is the most depressing movie ever made, and um. Condor Man, which is maybe the worst superhero movie ever made. It was awful. Oh my god, it was so bad. And they they did a series of animated movies that just did not hit. Uh, and some of them were really good, like The Black Cauldron. If you watch The Black Cauldron now, you can appreciate it for what it was. But back then, it was a massive failure. And uh, hello! And uh, they did um, uh, Sword in the Stone that did not do, and actually it's not very good. And they did, um, Disney did, um, what other animated, oh, Oliver and Company, which should have been a hit, but it it failed miserably at the box office. And it wasn't until 1989 with The Little Mermaid that Disney was back on top. Well, during those years, um, Don Bluth Studios stepped in to fill mm -hmm. the gap. Mm -hmm. The Secret of Nim was their first movie, but they went on to do Land Before Time, An American yep. Tale. They did um, uh, All Dogs Go to Heaven. Oh, those were, one. Yeah, those were the Don Bluth movies. They did the Dragon's Lair video game and animated TV show. And um, The Secret of Nim, though, was the very first full-length motion picture from Don Bluth Studios. And you guys, I I didn't remember this movie. I I know I've seen it, but I didn't remember anything about it. And my wife was obsessed with the book. And, and I asked her, I said, so I, I tried to ask her some questions based on what I was watching on the movie. And she's like, why don't you read the book? I was like, well, because we're not talking about the book. We're talking about the movie. Well, the book is better. And she got that attitude. I'm like, okay, I believe you. I, I have no doubt that the book, the books are always better, John. I'm like, I, I have no doubt that the book is better, but we're not talking about the book. We're talking about the animated movie. Well, I don't know. That's good news for other people who might necessarily not want to watch the movie. They might want to yeah. go back and hear the original story. So there's got to be an audio book out there or, you know, a hardcover. But yeah. I will say um, she, she is right. But also as someone who saw the books first, because I was too young to read the books, um, you know, saw the books in the movie form, that was what led me into reading the books. So for some people, like seeing, and, and this is true too, some people watching like Harry Potter, the new movies that had come out when they were new, like had never read the books. So me as a reader of Harry Potter first, when the movies came out, I was like, no, immediate rejection. Again, and I and I agree. So to a certain extent, it's worth reading the books also because there is stuff that's going to be m missing. But I'm not going to talk about the books today because there's just there's a lot of stuff that is missing. So we're just going to talk about the show today. But there's enough with the show, honestly. But if you haven't had a chance to check out both of them, yeah. Now I I will tell you that 
I remembered this movie being very dark and very um, tonally more adult themed. And while it is visually kind of dark because so many of the scenes take place in dark places, mm-hmm. I felt like this movie was very cheerful. Yeah, I thought it had a very um, uplifting message about community and about family. And overall, um, I didn't feel like it was dark or horrific at all. Willow, you you said in our in our group chat that you know parents wonder why kids why you know as kids uh, you know they were letting us watch these movies and why did we become fans of horror? You felt like this was very dark and it, almost a horror like, movie. It it's a very intense movie, and Don Bluth's movies are very much like that. Where in certain spots, it's like you're you're like watching your st- glued to your screen because of uh, how how much uh, is going on uh, all at once and you don't want to miss anything because if you look down on your phone in, uh, while watching these movies you mm-hmm. miss everything everything um, it happens in a second but uh it, it i don't know something about don bluth movies just make me glued to my screen the whole mm-hmm. time but yes, it's a very intense movie. <clears throat> but I also picked up on a few things that I never got when I was a kid. Like this movie was made the same year that I was born, but I remember watching these movies as I grew up. NIM, the acronym, it, it's an acronym. And I it, it was funny like I I just happened to hear, you know, them saying um the National Institute of uh, Mental Health. And I'm just like, oh, duh. (laughs) Okay, so I missed that in this viewing of it. I I missed what the acronym was for. So let's let's back up. Let's talk about the story for just a minute, and we're going to get to that acronym. So this is a story about Mrs. Brisby, um, uh, Teresa Brisby, and her family of four children, and their auntie, Auntie Shrew, um, and the 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 plows are going to be coming and they are going to plow up their home. And I guess this is an annual thing. They have to move their home to avoid the plows. But little Timmy has gotten very sick. He's got pneumonia. He's bedridden. And they're not going to be able to move in time. And the plow is going to destroy their home and, and kill them. And so... Mrs. Brisby, with the help of uh, Jeremy, the the crow, they go to see the great owl, and the great owl, um, that's the final scene, the great owl directs her to go talk to Nicodemus, the king of the rats. And, you know, the rats have this super advanced society. They've got buildings and technology and electricity, and they can read. And we learn from Nicodemus in a flashback that they were test subjects at NIM. And it was Teresa, Mrs. Brisby's husband, Jonathan, who was one of the lab mice and one of only two survivors who actually was able to free the rats. And so the rats held Jonathan Brisby in the highest regard. They treated him 
as, you know, a revered person and anything that, you know, he has since died in this movie. And I don't know if they tell us why, how he died, but he, he has since died by the time this movie comes out and, or this story happens, but the rats still treat Mrs. Brisby as if, you know, she is to be revered on the same level as Jonathan. And so the plot revolves around Mrs. Brisby has to take this potion, feed it to the cat dragon so that dragon will not attack them while they are moving their house. Cause that's, that's the main obstacle. And, um, Oh, here's the great owl in shadow. Oh my goodness. We have so much to talk about, about that. <laughs> and, and even going to the, uh, the city of the rats, uh, Mrs. Brisby is confronted by this guardian who, yeah, he was kind of scary. He was kind of scary, but at the end, everything, spoiler alert, everything works out and they relocate their home to a new home and everyone lives happily ever after. Well, except for Nicodemus and. Oh, and who else? Uh, the, and, and, uh, what, what, what was his name? The, the Jenner, evil his Jenner, cohort. Jenner. Yes. 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 Oh my gosh. Okay. 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 <laughs> oh, and, 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 Guys, I'm like chomping at the bit here. <laughs> and, and, uh, is it, uh, Jeremy that takes over as the king of the rats? Wait, no. wait, wait. The crow is Jeremy. Yeah. He was, mm -hmm. he's been, he was the one looking for a mate. Yes. And, yeah. um, Justin, Justin, Justin is is the one who takes over as king of the rats, and they they do the rats move. They go to Thorn Valley. That was their ultimate mission. That Nicodemus wanted them to go and live there in their own society, and not be stealing from humans anymore, and be self sufficient. And uh, Jenner did not agree with that philosophy, and orchestrated the downfall of Nicodemus. Dun, dun, dun. Now, I, I, you guys, I watched this on YouTube and I watched it in parts, which I was actually a good way to watch this for me this week because it was chaotic and I didn't have a block of time to sit down. So um, I might have missed something. I don't remember this scene. Is this a portal? What, what, what's going on here? It's Aubrey. a viewing screen. It's a magical oh. viewing screen. Okay. So one of Nicodemus's powers, because he didn't just get the ability to read when Nim was doing their experiments on him. Nicodemus, unlike some of the others, got this ability to read minds, to transfer his thoughts, to see things where he isn't. And that, since he can do that, he can turn this circular thing that they created into a viewing screen of memories that he may not have even had himself. He got to show us, and Mrs. Brisby, what happened to them in NIM. And Okay, uh, so he, that's the flashback. Yes. That, that that I flashback. do remember watching the flashback. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, I have to say that that is... That is a big part that I'm hoping if you've read the books and if you've seen the other movies, um, that, that it explains because there is magic. There is not just extreme intelligence in these reps. 
they have the ability to do magical things. Um, I think that the, the 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 best part about Nicodemus, in my opinion, is um, the uh, the actor who played him. Um, he's Derek Jacoby. Derek Jacoby is a Shakespearean legend. I and mean, to put yeah. the King of Rats as this man, you know, the voice, the command in this voice, <laughs> you know, nobody else I think could have done as good a job. Nobody. Derek Jacoby is considered the quintessential Hamlet. So if you ever watch Hamlet or, or, um, Henry V. He's Ooh. he's done both. He's been in everything, but he was he was Hamlet. And if you watch the BBC Hamlet um, presentation, he plays Hamlet, and uh, uh, Patrick Stewart plays the king. Um, amazing. He anyway. Continue, Aubrey. Okay, so um, I'm just gonna give my little rundown that I do. I did a bunch of notes, but I to be perfectly honest with you, between everything that's been happening, um, I'm still recovering from my wreck and my party. I realized that I really wanted to enjoy this movie and not just watch it and try to pick it apart. I do have details, but when it comes right down to it, the reason that we do this is we want to share with other people why we love these movies or what you should love about them and what we want to share so that you can enjoy it too, you know? And so for our audience, I have to say, I watched this a ton through my whole life, from childhood to, to adolescence, to adult teen years, you know, because we have that weird space in between. And then even now, I'm, I'm a grandma. I'm officially a grandma this year. And I have to say each stage of my life, I saw this movie different. Everyone that I talked to, and we've got comments in this comment section that's talking about this. So we'll get to that in a little bit. But one of the things they talk about is the owl, how frightening, the darkness of this movie was as a child it gave me a little bit of nightmares it was really scary to see that a family could not only be rocked to their core but there could be these secret societies that could both harm and help you and 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 the the, the fact that the children were involved and almost killed in this whole situation for a child to watch a movie um you know I, I did a little bit of uh, early education for child. I, I, I did substituting a little background there. I've worked with kids a lot. And I have to say that our minds work differently when we're little. And the younger we are, the more darkness can be frightening to us. And it's not just the darkness of the outside. It's also the darkness of the unknown. And so when Mrs. Brisby's story starts with us in this, she is already in a desperate case. She is the quintessential hard-working single mom who never wanted to be a single mom. She always just wanted to have her family. She loved her husband through the whole movie. We hear about how much he made a difference in, in everybody's society and everybody around them. The kids miss him. She misses him. So the story starts out with this indomitable spirit of this beautiful woman who's trying to just take care of her kids and survive. Four children all by herself. And the dynamic that this goes on, this story of survival, not just from creatures that can just literally scoop you out of the ground and smash you, but also from, from villains that could be from the sky and, 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 and rats that are much larger that could kill them. So it took everything, like you said, Johnny, from society's structure and, and the way that we deal with uh, what we don't understand and what scares us 
Because the whole reason the rats have to hide is because of human beings. And if we found out, what would we do to them? There is a huge, huge darkness in this. But as you said, there is a, a huge light because that indomitable spirit of her and her husband is what pervades, pervades the whole movie because everybody remembers him. Nicodemus, when he talks about Jonathan, he talks about um, the, the, the sweetness and the caring when all the other rats, another spoiler, if you haven't seen the movie, when all the other rats die, except for two, we've got the doctor, the mice. Yes, we've got the two mice. We've got we've got Mr. Ages and we've got Jonathan. And they were only the ones that survived. Everybody else who became this genius rodent out of the middle of nowhere, they all got loose. But only because those two, the smaller ones, the weaker ones were the saviors. You know, they were the ones who managed to help everybody get out. And then when they were trying to relocate and live in the rosebush, and trying to do things for themselves and trying to, to move out to Thorn Valley and everything, Jonathan, again, risked his life to make people's lives better and his own family and community better, even at all odds, and then got killed. So you take that darkness and then you throw in Don DeLuise, because come on, guys. Okay, if you've never seen a movie with Don DeLuise, first of all, Johnny, I told you in the car, I didn't realize how many Don Bluth movies I love. Okay, if you've never heard of Don Bluth, I don't care what kind of person he was. He was good at finding talent and he was good at picking out some stories that had grittiness and passion and surprise and even some funny comedy. And then it was also heart-wrenching, like a balance, such a balance in the story. You want to reach out to the crow because Jeremy is hilarious. He's hilarious. He's everywhere. He's he's the ADD baby. Okay. If you like neurodivergent. Oh, I was ahead. just thinking uh, when it came to Jeremy and Don Del Dom Del Louise, his part seemed a little held back in this, but he definitely they let him loose in other films, yeah, um, such as the Five O movies. Yep. And oh man, like I I I swear that this part of it, they, with, with Jeremy, he could have gone so much more exuberant. <laughs> he could have, and, and, it's, and I feel like if you watch all of the the, the things that Don of Del Don Deluise and um the 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 director Don Bluth work together so often, it's like they fed off each other. You know, it's like he had to hold him back. You know, I wish we could see outtakes yeah. from these because I feel like there was stuff that we missed out. But at the same time, um, there's some darkness to this story, and I'm gonna pull back. I'm not gonna do too much of it because I know I could go on and on. Um, there's also some darkness. The lead actress that plays, um, you know, Mrs. Brisby, she's a very sensitive soul. And, you know, one of, we're going into the real, you know, and talking about the actors and the directors and everything is important because I feel like as young people, we missed all that. We didn't pay attention to that. It was just the story. But the actor who, actress who plays Mrs. Brisby actually committed suicide years later. Um, she struggled with mental health all of her life. So to have her in a story about the National, National Organization for Mental Health, you know, I, I want to talk about that too towards the end of the video because this is depression season. This is the tough time of year when people who don't have families, you know, and this is a movie about family. But also, guys, remember, this is also a season about community. And this movie is about community. It's not just about family. Those rats were not Jonathan's family, but they never forgot him and they never stopped well, being grateful. Well, so here's here's the lesson that we learned from this, especially through uh, through uh, Jeremy, 
is that family is not necessarily blood relation. Yep. He became a part of the Brisby family because he was dedicated and committed to them. So um, that's that's an important lesson that I came away with from this movie. But mm -hmm. Willow, do you have uh, before we get to more comments? Because we got a ton of comments. Oh my god, so I, many I people want to, to talk about this movie real soon, though, because I have to work, but at ten. But uh, no, that this movie. While it's not one of my favorites of Don Bluth, but it's definitely up there with, uh, um, you know, uh, All Dogs Go to Heaven. And um, yeah, I, I just, what was it about this film that it, it, it definitely did scare me a little bit with some of the characters because you didn't, like, I completely forgot how creepy this film could actually be. But uh, I I like your take on the whole men mental health thing because that 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 just definitely showed how um, how before it's it's time this movie really is. Yeah, yeah. So we got a ton of comments. Let, let's go through these um, as quickly as we, we're not going to get to everyone's comments. So if you posted a comment, I apologize if we don't get to it. We love you anyway. Um, but uh, case. Corona says, I'm here. I made it. And um, song shop song swap showdown says Don Bluth animation is superior. Um, and he's talking about superior to the Disney stuff of this era. Mm -hmm. Um, I, and I, I would, I would agree. And Kay says, but have we read the books? She I'm says sure it is a pretty have. darn good movie. Um, and Dave Mattingly says, my favorite Don Bluth work is Titan AE. That is one of my all-time favorite movies. Beautiful movie. Yes. Um, we got to do that one later. Yes. And that was Don Bluth's final full-length movie. Um, we shall name him Bob. <laughs> no. And, we will never call him. <laughs> and Chris Vaglio says, Titan AE is great. Also love Anastasia. Um Case says, so in the books, you find out that it there isn't even like magic. It's just because they were experimented on and gained intelligence. See, I feel like in this movie, they really balanced technology versus science. And it was both. It wasn't either or. It was both and. And um, um, yeah, Titan AE had amazing music. Great oh soundtrack. God, yeah. And uh Cade mentioned what I did. Dodd and Bluth did the land before the OG Land Before Time movie. I remember that one from my childhood. That was dark and exciting too, he says. Um, and I'm gonna skip a few of these because they're talking about other product, uh, other properties, but um so oh Dave Mattingly, the Don Bluth, Dragon's Lair, and Space Ace video games were so much fun, but impossible to play. <laughs> you could not beat them. And Ray Lawrence, good morning, Ray, says, never read the book, but I love this movie. And again, Case is saying the book is good. You got to read the book. Um, yes. Slayer Case can be found on Twitch, by the way. He's a friend that goes live also. He's got some great stuff about gaming. So Case asked, did he like go to the bathroom during the owl scene? No, here's the deal. I was watching this in in small clips 
throughout the workday. I'm in open enrollment at work and taking about 3,000 phone calls during the next six weeks. So Cade says, I want to say as a kid, I don't think I totally grasped the ending of the movie, and I'd like to see it again now. Thanks for reminding me to rewind, homies. Yeah, you could see this whole film uh, for free on YouTube. Um, it is in 15 parts, but they're, you know, three to four minutes each. So it's really easy to digest. Um, also, I've watched it on Ro on the Roku channel. So Okay. And Tabby Cat says, Nim was my intro into learning that even cartoons could be serious and touch on dark subjects. Now, I will say this, that I think I enjoyed this more as an adult than I did as a kid. Ooh. I don't remember liking this movie. Um, that's why I never went back and revisited it. Um, but after having watched it again, I really liked it. And I didn't find it dark or disturbing at all. I found it very substantial. But as an adult watching it, I, I thought it was, you know, a, a light, not lighthearted, but I didn't think it was dark and disturbing, but I thought it was, it was uh, adequately suspenseful. Mm -hmm. Let's put it that way. And uh, Dave says they mentioned the NIM acronym when humans ask if they'd seen anything weird about the mice. Yep, because they know, about the rats. Yep, about the farmer, right? Yeah. If you yeah. want to talk about the, the human aspect, because we always talk about the cartoons, the humans kind of in this are getting harassed. Let's just face it. These these rats are so smart. They're stealing their electricity. So their bill's gone way, way up, guys. Okay. And two, um, they've got the National Organization for Mental Health sniffing around their property and their tractors keep breaking down. Their combine, by the way, because I live in Tennessee, I know what a combine is. So we got their combine and their tractor both out. Those farmers. Well, well, one one of those is because um, they they pull the fuel line. Uh, the the uh, was it uh, anti mole? Anti shrew pulls okay, the fuel line to stop that it. That is one of my favorite lines, y'all. I was the kid who was like the crazy <laughs> lady with the hat. Okay. Come on. All right, guys, I apologize. I do have to take off, but uh, you, you guys keep the show going. I love you. And hopefully you guys tune in tomorrow for Cryptic Crunch. I have a great guest coming. So take care, guys. Have a great day. And follow me all over social media. All right. See you later, Willow. Love you, mean it. So um, Dave Mattingly says, Lab Rats Gaining Intelligence. What do you want to do tonight, Pinky? <laughs> or what do you want to do tonight, Brain? Try to take over the world. <laughs> and um, so Kay says, bruh, we are grappling with child death in this movie. It is dark. Mm -hmm. Well, to a child it is. But to an adult, these are, these are just real life dramatic moments. And, and the drama was real. I didn't find it dark or terrifying as an adult uh, with, with adult children. Anyway, um, Dave Mattingly says some other interesting voices are Dom DeLuise. We mentioned that. And Will Wheaton plays Martin. Little Will Wheaton. That was one of the things I was talking about. Yeah, yeah. he was in there. And one of our Charmed sisters, too, from the from the series Charmed. Who? Oh, I, I see. Um, hmm. She's in there. It's Will Wheaton, Shannon Doherty. 
Oh, Shannon Doherty. Yeah, yeah it was Teresa yeah. Brisby. She was. She was. She was. They were young, so young, and they were good voice actors then. You know, Baby Brisby. Okay. Right. All right. All right. And Tabby Cat says, I always felt that they implied that Nim was attempting to unlock those mental powers of magic mm -hmm. and they succeeded with the rats. But of course, Jonathan comes along and the science scientists never know. Um, so here's what I gather from this. Nim is the National Institute of Mental Health. Mm -hmm. I think that they were experimenting on the mice and the rats, probably trying to find a cure for something like Alzheimer's. That, yeah. that is going to be my guess. I don't think they were trying to tap into anything magical. They were trying to, they were experimenting drugs for ADHD, Alzheimer's, mm -hmm. autism. Mm -hmm. And, you know, all of those are, and they're still going on today. Th that mm -hmm. research is still going on. They are trying to find ways to reconnect the synapses in the brains. And that's what happened with these mice. They 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 enhanced their mental capacity. They became self-aware mm -hmm. and uh, they could read, they could build, they could reason. And, you know, that it's a very similar storyline to the remake of Planet of the Apes with James yeah. Franco and um, uh, uh, John Lithgow. Mm, that does have a lot of the same feeling in it. Yeah, not James Franco. Jam that was that James Franco? No. Yes. Yeah, it was James Franco. Yeah. Anyway. Let us know. So, uh, Johnny, I have to say that um, as someone who did not know that I loved so many Don Bluth movies, I am definitely going to be going back and checking out that. Um, I think the darkness and the balance of the, the comedy and then the heart-wrenching, almost tears, you know, coming out from watching this movie um, – just gave just gave me like I kind of I wish we could do a series on Don Bluth movies now. Like, well, we're going to be doing some more of these Saturday matinee movies, and I'm sure another Don Bluth movie is going to be in the mix. Um, now, for everyone who is maybe going to be a little bit hesitant to watch this, because Aubrey and Willow and some of our viewers have commented about how dark it is. Spoiler mm -hmm. alert. Everything works out in the end. It does have a happy ending. So, you know, yes, there is some tension. There is some drama, suspense. But if you're hesitant, just know it ends the way you want it to end. It does. It does. It has a, it has a positive ending, which, which honestly, the, the human brain loves. And so Secret of NIM, you know, National Organization for Mental Health, it is good to end with a positive note. And that being said, Johnny, um, I think that uh, this movie is 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 extremely well balanced, and it definitely harkens to the idea of the indomitable spirit of um, of of going forward, growth, and 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 accepting people and community into your life, and it making it better. I am going to give you a hot take. I feel like this movie is maybe one of the best animated movies maybe of all time i i was surprised how much i liked it i was surprised at how good it was i'm gonna put this on a scale of one to five bowls of cereal this gets six bowls of cereal this okay. is a near it's a near perfect movie you know what i 
I'm not going to say it's near. It is perfect. This is a perfect movie. Mm-hmm. And um, I was surprised by that and um, pleasantly surprised. And uh, if you've never seen Secret of Nim, do yourself a favor, watch it wherever you can. And when you watch it, really watch it. You know, set the time aside to focus. Don't be on your phone. Don't be doing something else. You know, watch it the way this movie is intended to be watched. If you need to put a blanket out on the living room floor and curl up with the pillows and the dogs and the cats around you and the kids, do it. But eliminate distractions and um, really dig into this movie because I think you're going to be surprised not only by by how good it is, but how impactful it is. And um, yeah, I'm going to call it one of the best animated movies of all time. I have Ta-da! One of my favorites, definitely. All right. Well, we are way. Yeah, absolutely. We are way over time, and. Chris Vaglio gets the last word. He says, agree, Johnny. And he gives it six bowls of cereal. Um, And uh, check out The Secret of Nim. Now, uh, for those of you watching or listening, uh, do us a favor. And if you like the show, share it with other people. If you're listening on on Apple or Spotify or wherever you're listening, give us a review. Like and subscribe. If you're watching on Facebook or YouTube, yes, give us a, a thumbs up, an emoji, subscribe wherever you're watching, and share it with other people. And um, if you really, really like the show, um, you can become a contributor. And next week, I promise we will have the Patreon uh, stuff up and ready for you to uh, become a Patreon supporter. But in the meantime, you can still and will always be. What are you holding up, Aubrey? Buy us a coffee. We need oh, coffees. Buy yes. Us a coffee. Yes. Buymeacoffee.com slash um, cereal box pod. That's how you can drop a tip in our tip jar today. And that will always be there. But uh, we are going to be um, launching a Patreon page with Patreon exclusives that we can't do through Buy Me a Coffee. So, that's going to be exciting, and hopefully we'll have more news on that next weekend. I know I've been teasing it the last two weeks, but um, it's been a chaotic two weeks. So with that, everyone, make sure you follow uh, Aubrey at Dawn, Dawning Even K on Instagram, and follow me, Johnny Beyond, or just follow backofthecerealbox.fun. And my dogs have come in the room. They're anxious to get up and play. So with that, we're going to say so long, farewell, Avita Sane, bonjour. And until the next time, love you, mean it. We'll catch you on the back back of the cereal cereal box. box.